Ready? Ready. Okay. Uh, name an instrument. Bass. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said name, name and oh, instrument. Name, name and instrument. Please state your name and instrument. Chris Morrissey, bass. Welcome to Play It Like It's Music, shop talk with working players condensed for the quick mind of a practicing musician. We got a good one today, so settle in. I went to Greenpoint to hang out at the home of Chris Morrissey, bass player, singer, guitarist, composer, arranger, and band leader. He's literally everywhere. You can hear him on records by Sarah Bareilles, Mark Juliana, Dave King, Jim Campolongo, Lucius, Ben Queller, Andrew Bird, but his own original music will blow your mind. I get a Radiohead-like thrill when I hear his stuff, especially his new record called Laughing and Laughing. Say hi to Chris. Why do you play music? Um, because expression, individuality, and community are the things I think are the most important, and the way that I engage in those three areas has just always been music. Beautiful answer, sync. Thank you. And you were pretty active in Minneapolis early. That's where you came from originally, is Minneapolis or somewhere else? Yes, I, uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis, and then lived there until I was about 28. She's got two heartbeats, I'm not afraid of that at all. First time you picked up an instrument, what was that like? Or what was the first time you decided you wanted to? My, both my parents are professional musicians. It really has never felt like any kind of decision, you know, in kind of a, a way that I am happy about. Like, it's, it's always felt just like a very natural part of life. To, and to go into music has always sort of been the plan. The way that it has panned out, I think, has been surprising in a couple of ways, but mostly, you know, if you would have asked me what I wanted to do in high school, I probably would have told you to live in New York and, and be a jazz musician and a composer and touring. My mother uh, is a flute player and growing up she had like a private studio where she would teach private lessons in the house. So yeah, I would wake up, wake up Saturday mornings at eight in the morning to long tones from above my bedroom and her critiquing them. And she was always like a very cool and open musical presence. I mean, it was her record collection that kind of got me into jazz really. I found Kind of Blue in there and... and 
a bunch of other of the usual suspects. And she was always very encouraging and also supportive and, and demonstrated her support and pride in me, which is, is always stuff that, you know, as I, as I travel and meet more and more people, I realize isn't a given. You know, that's kind of like maybe even rare in some cases. My dad, for the entirety of my youth, was the music director at a dinner theater called Chanhassen Dinner Theaters in, in Minnesota. And he, he plays trumpet, uh, still plays. Before that, he was in a, a relatively known funk band called Chase. If you ask a trumpet player, they likely will have heard of it. The leaders from Boston, uh, Bill Chase, and the, the rest of the guys were from the Midwest and various, you know, a lot of guys from Iowa. Uh, but they, they did some touring and, you know, did the, the circuit, open for Sly Stone and the Eagles and, and all that stuff. I worked with my dad at the theater. I was an actor and singer in some of those shows, and he helped get me involved in, in an aspect of my life that is sort of no more, but that was also very influential in, in sort of a sense of community I got there. And, and uh, It's helpful for a musician to have a concept of showmanship, you know, and, you know, that theater is a place where you can get that, although the musical version of showmanship is different. I feel a little bit deprived when I say a musician who doesn't have any stage concept. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm... I am of two minds on that, I agree, but I also don't think that any sort of, any way that I am on stage while I'm playing, I can't say that that has anything to do with, uh, with that experience, only maybe as just being comfortable on a stage, more so than it is some learning how to present, because like, I feel like I am sort of an expressive, physically expressive player, and I feel like if it is not something that is sort of this almost subconscious product of the of the music that that's a very easy thing to sniff out and be you know kind of appalled by sometimes if somebody's moving around in a way that is sort of performative in an improvising setting i mean that is you know in a setting as intimate as as some of those improvising settings are i feel like some of the stage crafty things i i hope that that isn't how it appears when i am you know, in the zone. Maybe let's shift gears. You want to plug in and play a little bit? Sure, I, I'd like to play upright if that's... Yeah, yeah, great. yeah.
What drove your choice of instrument? I was a trumpet player from the time I was very young. You know, three, I was playing trumpet around the house. Um, and I became a bass player, the uh, sort of swing choir, glee club thing in my high school needed a bassist and a guitar player. So my friend Niles and I uh, both auditioned on guitar. Or no, we didn't, bo- we didn't both audition on guitar. We agreed we'd both audition and then flipped a coin to see who would have to play bass. And I lost the coin toss. So um, I played bass. Yeah, it was the fateful, the fateful coin toss. Coming from New York, this show is called Play It Like It's Music. I take us into the practice spaces of the best players I can find. We are 100% listener-funded, scene and style agnostic. I'm Trevor Exter, your host. Find us at playitlikeitsmusic.com. This is a podcast by, for, and about the people who play. It's also my excuse to go and grill my friends slash heroes about how they do things, how they got it together. If you like it, subscribe. Put us in your feed next to all those other things. Put us on the radar, too, by writing a review. Five stars if you like it, and if you don't, ten stars. Okay, back to the show. with a ton of different projects you're very not just busy but diverse in the different things you take could you maybe give me a, a little bit of a map of what that looks like from from inside your head yeah uh the most current sort of iteration of what makes up my career has settled into jazz and improvised music with the exception of the music that i make of my own which is sort of a mixture of the two that incorporates singing and stuff but the last year or so at the main bands have been the Mark Giuliana Jazz Quartet and uh, the Jim Campolongo Trio, which is a band I've been in for, both these bands are bands I've been in for a long time, you know, five, five-ish years. And the Dave King Trucking Company, which is Dave King of the Bad Plus, and these days you have to say Dave King of Rational Funk, the, uh, the, uh, the YouTube phenom. 
He's he is multi-pronged, and he he's we can we can talk about him more too. He was my teacher growing up, and has known him as long as I've known anybody. And now playing together, that's a made a lot of music together over the years. years past, I've played a lot of rock and pop music. I was uh, Sarah Bareilles' music director and bass player. I have done that type of work more recently with a woman named Trixie Whitley. Lives here in Greenpoint, but has a has a very uh, she's very popular in Belgium and in Holland. And so we we spent a lot of time there the last couple years. You know, I mentioned Margaret Glasby. Uh, spent a lot of time in the van with her the last couple years. Um, before that, Ben Queller and Mason Jennings, many others. Give me a little bit of the of the story with uh, Dave King. <laughs> well, I grew up in the Twin Cities, as did Dave. Dave's about ten years older than me, and he he had a band called Happy Apple, and there's still a band. The bassist in that band is the guitarist in the band that I am in with Dave. So that's not lost on me that my the band that I went and sat in the front row and had my world expanded are, are guys that I get to make music with now. The saxophonist in this band, that band, is a guy named Mike Lewis, who I have known since I was a baby. Mike is, aside from being one of the greatest living saxophone players, he uh, he plays bass in a lot of rock bands. He plays with Bon Iver and um, played a long time with Andrew Bird. And so I, I heard about this band through Mike, and so would go and hear them as I was as growing up, and I really felt like one of those one of those things that it showed me what was possible in music and it was so it that was what really kind of like lit me up and they were they were a band that were incredibly avant-garde but also were firmly rooted in melodic writing and pop sensibilities and it was a band i mean there was never a music stand on stage they played a lot they cultivated a great following it was all these things that really shock you if you think you're going to see a jazz show. I mean, it felt, it felt like euphoric. It felt like, uh, felt like punk music sometimes. Um, so, so that was really like in my most formative moments. I was, that was the bar. You know, that was where the bar was set. It, it was this explosion of of rare creativity at this moment when I was the most susceptible to that stuff. So I feel like a lot of my worldview and, and what I strive for in my playing comes from that. As I grew up in that scene, uh, 
you know, Dave and I got to be friends, and he played drums on my first record, uh, The Morning World. He produced my, my third record, North Hero, and we played as a rhythm section on a number of records, and now I've played on a couple of his records uh, most more recently. So sort of getting to play with your heroes and your, and your teachers is a beautiful part of the jazz lineage that I feel that lucky enough to say that I experienced that. I started as a student and, as, and a fan. And I, in a lot of ways, I still feel like both of those things about Dave, but also definitely that he's a dear friend, he's a, a very close friend, and still someone whose musicianship and, and artistic sensibility is, is one that I that I use as a metric for for kind of a lot of the ways that I see the the art world. How long have you been in New York City? Uh, an entire decade this winter. Congratulations. How's it been working out for you? I uh, I love New York. It's been quite a journey, but I still love it. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a love-hate thing, which I feel like is what most longish time New Yorkers say, and that's kind of like, it's kind of easy to say that. But all the cliches about New York being loud and fast and dirty and everything, those, those things wear on me. But it's still the music epicenter of the world in my mind and then the community that, that I love so much. For those reasons, I happily choose to call it home. I can't overstate my love for the community that I sort of found myself in with Jim and Josh and the Campolongo band and Fabian and Jason and, and Mark and the Mark band. These are, these are real, you know, family environments. Someone starting out, what should a, a newer player avoid completely? Well, uh, I think I would rather frame it in what to go towards. And I would say that it, you should move towards the things that move you and ask yourself the question, what does being a musician mean to you? And so you should organize your life around the pursuit of those things that naturally light you up. I think that a lot of people make the mistake of, if you're saying what to avoid, practicing things or moving towards things and I think this can happen sometimes in music academia where you're practicing kinds of music that aren't going to factor into your personal journey or, or will now but wouldn't have had you just followed the things that let you up. That's not to say that like it's a pain to to practice and transcribe and stuff. You should still do that. It's very it's very worthwhile. But I think constructing your own routine and constructing your own version of musician that has to do with what's the type of musician that you want to be and then curate your your practicing in your life around that idea rather than imposing like a prescription on your practicing or on your on your day-to-day -day life i do think that once you have sort of felt the power of the decision, whether it's one that you made or whether it's one that you feel was made for you in some mystical sense, then you do have the responsibility to apply some exertion onto your day. The act of participation in a, the community that sort of lit that spark in you, I think, is the more important 
thing to sort of ask a, a young player like keep your keep your ears and eyes and intuitive sense open for for those things and know when it's time to go fully into something awesome thank you chris you're welcome thank you That's our show. Thank you for listening, and thank Chris Morrissey for sharing his space with us. This podcast is an independent production hosted by me, Trevor Exter. Go to playitlikeitsmusic.com to find out more, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, everywhere else you find us. It's the most helpful thing you can do to put us on the radar. We want this show to be useful to you. Hanging out with real musicians in a real workspace is the best, and you just got a taste of it. See you next time. so much for listening to the show it means everything to have your ears and support each time you pass the link to your friends review us on the web and help out financially these are the players i admire the most and as a working musician myself i'm always looking to get to know them in a deeper way find out stuff that might help me become a better musician i love sharing these moments with you and reading your feedback and questions at our website playitlikeitsmusic.com where you can browse other episodes and support the show We are 100% listener-funded. It's how we can have the conversation we need to have in an age when we're all contending with a mutating professional landscape, jacked revenue streams, and a lot of noise out there in the culture. These are exciting times. It's almost as if the simple act of playing an instrument is a revolutionary one. We don't draw any lines between scenes or styles. So if you haven't done it already, head over to the website and join the community. You can use PayPal or make a recurring pledge through Patreon, where we offer a selection of merch and rewards. As always, thank you for listening, and remember to play it like it's music. I'm Trevor Exeter. 